Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hey, everybody. To begin with today, I'm going to ask Luann to tell us again about the women's conference that she and two friends have coming up, and it's coming up pretty soon. Yes, it is. So we need people to sign up, right? Yes, we do. It's in a couple of weeks. I'm so grateful because we already have women that are very interested, and it's called Cry for Freedom. It's a women's conference. It's going to be April 23rd from 9 a.m. till probably 1230, 1 o'clock, and it will be at Infinity Church in Fountain Inn. South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> Do you call it the upstate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool. It's in the upstate. <laughs> and what we're doing, there's three of us that are going to be speaking. And we really find that so many women are weary of their journey. And this is a conference that's going to really encourage them in their walk, in their faith. We're going to call out a lot of stuff that might be a stronghold in our mm. lives. I know it's going to be something that will really minister, but you need to register. We're going to collect the money in, at the door so you're not paying anything online, but we do need to know how many are coming because we only have so many seats. If people want to pay at the door, can they pay with credit card or cash? It's or? just cash and check. Cash and check. We're, this is our first one, so we stayed away from the credit cards for right mm-hmm. now. And because we're not sure how to work all that. Again, we need registration and that will be in the show notes, correct? Yes. The the registration information. Yes. Right. And so all you millennials need to blow the dust off your cash and off your checkbooks. You probably don't even know where they are, but you need to find them or ask a friend for $25. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I know to bless you ladies. So we look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. And Luann will be one of the speakers and I'll be at the book table. So come meet me. Yes, you will. Yes. I will be peddling Luann's wares (laughs) that day. Okay. Today we are going to begin a two-part series, at least two, who knows. When we start these things, we never really know how many they're going to be, but we know we have at least two (laughs) podcasts in us on this subject because the subject is waiting on God and everybody has waiting stories. And although I hate the word sucks, waiting does suck. (laughs) There are only a few things that (laughs) warrant using that word for me, but waiting is not fun. I'm going to start with a true story. I have a childhood friend. Her name was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was an assistant in an optometrist office. One day, her gynecologist came for an eye appointment. Luann's laughing already. I love it. (laughs) And so my friend Elizabeth is very funny. So she was taking her gynecologist back for his eye exam, and she put him in the room, and she said, Dr. So-and-so will be here in just a few minutes. In the meantime, take off all your clothes and cover up with this little bitty napkin, and I'm going to turn the thermostat down to 50 degrees. (laughs) All you guys that are listening, you have no idea what that's about. But every woman who's ever been to a gynecology appointment can totally relate to that. You're always freezing in that room. Yeah, waiting room, waiting, waiting. We just spend a lot of our lives (laughs) waiting on things. I looked up the dictionary definition of waiting is to stay in place in expectation Mm. of something. But... I think most of us would Mm. define it as just pure torture. Well, you know what? One thing I always think of is is delay. Waiting is very difficult. 
No, it's yeah. like everybody hates it. But everyone always uses this line. It always says, delay does not mean denial. Sometimes it can be such a long time that it feels like it is a denial yeah. Yeah. of what you're really waiting for. So we yeah. got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And we brought in reinforcements Woo-woo. for this topic. So this is a historical occasion that we have our first guest <laughs> yes, on Unquenchable Hope. Joining us today is our friend Heidi Blake. She and I have been good friends, well, mostly good, <laughs> for more than 20 years. And she's a physical therapist. She's also an excellent writer, and I continually bug her to finish a book that she started oh. that is absolutely hilarious about her online dating experiences. One of these days, she's going to finish this doggone thing because I'm going to keep cracking the whip. She's let me read the chapters up till now. And when it's out, I'm just going to bug y'all until you buy it because it's hilarious. (laughs) We all need some laughter in our life, even if it's at the expense of our single friends. In this episode, Heidi and Luann and I are going to share some personal, I guess, stories about our experiences with waiting on God and how we navigated those. And hopefully that will encourage some of you that are waiting. And then our next episode, will hit more on scriptures related to waiting and maybe some Bible characters who give us examples of how they waited well or and not the hope well between, at all. And the hope between it all, even amongst the tears. We learn in the waiting. Yeah. We just do. Absolutely. And that, I think, is his best tool that the Lord uses, but it's a hard one. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one. Yeah. But if we pay attention, he gets us through that waiting. It's definitely a, a way to grow. And we're living in the instant gratification oh, yes. culture. Yes. So probably we have a harder time with it than most generations ahead of us have. Okay, so Heidi, we're going to throw you right into the fire. <laughs> All right. And get you to share with us some of your experiences in waiting. Well, first of all, thanks very much for inviting me to come talk with you guys and all you ladies out there. Hello. She said it's torture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just telling them, I actually am much more nervous talking into this microphone with two people in the room than I usually get talking to a whole group of people. But I do appreciate it. I think my biggest experience with waiting has been waiting on the dream that I've had since I was a younger person. My whole life, I've always wanted to be a mother and a, and a wife and never really wanted to be a career woman. Obviously, I don't, I don't have a husband at this point and I don't have any children. So it's been 30 years because, you know, you kind of start having that dream as a teenager. So it's been 30 years of waiting on that dream and, uh, and hoping for it and wondering if it's going to happen and not knowing. And so then becoming that career woman that I wasn't really expecting was going to be my life story. But it's been a very good journey. And I've, I've learned a lot from it and enjoy actually my career. But that's my my waiting. So what has made it easier, harder, hard. what, survivable? What's been the hard part about Because I've walked through it. So yeah, yeah. It. You've been there. What's the hardest about it for you? You know, The hardest thing is just the years going by and seeing other people. Uh, That's a hard thing, seeing other people. And then you get to the point where even at my age, I'm seeing people who could be my children who are having children. So seeing now multiple generations of people. But I think the hardest thing is just wondering, is it something I'm doing? Is there something wrong with me? Does God care about me and that this is not happening? So all those little doubts that you get in your mind. And then also reinforcing that is seeing all the other people that get that dream that you had. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it was, it might have been Beth Moore a long time ago. She said the one thing that you are desiring, everybody else has. Yeah, so it, it feels really that way. So it makes you 
remember her saying that. I sat in that audience and thinking that's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. This is a wrestling. I think what, what singleness can be, and I don't want to just say singleness because it can be anybody out there. I mean, they could also be walking through other kind of waiting situations, waiting to have a baby, waiting for a career. It can be troublesome if we deal with it in a, in a not a really good kind of way. So if I can ask you too, then what have you done? Or are you at a good place with it now? Or have you been able to, in the Lord, have you embraced where you're at as of right now? Is it still hard? Yeah. So right now in this particular moment, God is really teaching me a lot of lessons through it. And I am in a good place right now, but it kind of comes in waves throughout your life. And I think that's true with anything that you're waiting for. Do you go through moments and seasons of doubt Mm -hmm. where you're wondering and different things cause that to happen? And then you go through seasons where you have a lot of faith and a lot of trust that God is working I guess, you know, with the Lord, he's just like having a relationship with a person in some ways. But one of the ways this is similar is that you go through seasons where it's harder and seasons where it's easier, not because he's moving away from you or because he's not perfect, but because you're not perfect. And so you're you're kind of going up and down in your faith. But those waxing and wanings of faith are actually the things that God uses to teach you, you know, during that waiting. Have you felt angry? Like, yes. Throw your keys at the wall, angry. <laughs> She's saying that because she knows I actually did throw oh. my keys at the wall one time. Uh, yeah, I have been angry, frustrated, disappointed. There's all kinds of different emotions you go through while you're waiting Does for something. Does it make you feel, though, like God isn't even real? No, you know, honestly, I've never had that feeling personally. I'm sure there are a lot of people, though, that feel like he might not actually be there. Mm-hmm. I have definitely had moments of not believing he sees me Mm -hmm. or that he cares about me as an individual, but I've always felt like he was there. I more have a tendency to wonder what he thinks about me personally. Yeah, Like the Wizard of Oz at the end when the wizard's handing out the things to the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, but then there's There's nothing nothing for for Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah, exactly. Just like like that. that. Yeah, that kind of a feeling. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Same with you, Luann. Oh, dear Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I almost lost my faith over it. I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me. And it was very difficult when I was a teacher because as those kids were getting older and they were inviting me to their weddings, I remember being Mm -hmm. outside in my car crying before I would go in Mm -hmm. and saying, Lord, I can't believe I have to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. And then I would just do it with a lot of tears. Yeah. There are seasons where, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to wedding showers, baby showers, that it is literally an act of your will Mm -hmm. to walk into that room. Yes. I didn't want to not go. Right. You don't want to not go. I want to honor that. Mm -hmm. I want to rejoice with those who rejoice Mm -hmm. and weep Mm -hmm. with those who weep. So I was happy for them, obviously happy for my entire family. Everybody's either married and has kids and they're plucking kids out left and right. And (laughs) I have to just plucking kids out. (laughs) There's a million of us, but I have to Oh, that it were that easy. (laughs) I just have to watch my emotions. I do, even with my own family. So do you have a waiting? Yeah, because I don't want to talk about the singleness because I'm in a really good place with that. But with me right now, now, yeah, when we talk about it, I just get like depressed. But anyway, (laughs) but anyway, the thing I am really dealing with right now is it's 20 years now that I've had a ministry called Guarded Heart Ministries. And the first 10 years was all about talking to teenagers. And then the God started to change it and it went into women's ministry. I have this view of what I felt the Lord said. Well, he did tell me when I was still a teacher at the school, I heard him as plain as day. He said, I can trust you with hundreds. Now I can trust you with thousands. 
Now, I have no desire to be a Priscilla Shire or a Lisa Harper. That's not what I'm thinking. But I really wanted to be, in which I thought I was going to be, an evangelist of just going from place to place, to church to church, minister to women, minister to moms, minister even still to teenagers, because I know he's given me all that. And there's this, the biggest delay is what it feels like. And it is shaking my faith again. And you would think that after what I've walked through, my singleness, you would think that I would say, okay, Lord, but the voice that I hear, see, God wasn't faithful in your singleness. Why would he be faithful to you then in the ministry? You never got that. Why would you get this? And it feels like that Mm -hmm. because it's what's happened. Mm -hmm. So I have to always, and I just had to do it today, just continually give it to him because I didn't start this. You know, I never asked to be a minister of the gospel. That was the Lord. He started this whole thing. So I said, hey, you you have to finish what you started, but you put so much in me. Now what do I do with it? You know, so anyway, so I wrestle a lot with that. And what I wrestle with the most is I wonder if I've heard him right. I start comparing my life with other women that are in ministry. They're just much better. They're just better. And you go into all this craziness in your head that starts to accuse God of his timing and of his unfaithfulness. And that's where waiting can be, it can be a monster Yeah, within our faith if we don't do it correctly. It gives Satan, he, he's an opportunist. Yes. And so he knows when we're waiting on things, yeah. he comes in. Yes. To attack with his lies. Well, it's funny because so. the last job I was in that was pretty much full time, mm-hmm. when it was done, the first thing I said out loud to myself, oh no, we're going to be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been four years. But I remember saying that, oh no, I did use another word, not a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> We get our idea, our interpretation of how we think something's going to go. Even something good, like ministry. Yes. We just can't help ourselves. We just get in our mind what that's going to look like Mm -hmm. or what our lives are going to look like, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, Heidi. Then when it doesn't happen that way, it's very difficult. Yes, it is. My waiting example is equally heavy, but completely different because it's more of an isolated waiting situation. mm -hmm. And I've shared before about the miscarriage with our first pregnancy. Just to kind of recap that, I was five months along. Everything was fine. I go in for a checkup. They can't get a heartbeat and um, just determined that the baby had died. So they wanted to put me in the hospital right then and go ahead and induce labor. But it was on a Friday. And so my husband and I decided, you know what, if this isn't an emergency, and it wasn't in terms of my health, we said, just give us the weekend to pray. I was a youth director at a church at that time. All the kids were all in our lives. And so we wanted to give God room and time to work. But on that Monday, when I went back in, nothing had changed. And that was the longest weekend of waiting, I got to say, in my whole life. But Mm. it was mixed with a lot of grief and sorrow, but also an expectation of what God might do. I thought this could be the most glorious testimony. And, you know, it totally didn't turn out that way. And so that compounded the grief because God, we gave you time, we gave you room, we prayed, we got our friends to pray, and it just felt like, how could this be good? It's going to be a bummer for everybody involved. But I think what I learned through that was that even when we do wait, and we give God time, and we give Him space, and we're not acting impulsively or rashly, 
And the good thing is we didn't have any regrets because we knew that we had stopped and said, okay, God, we're going to wait on you mm-hmm. here. But when it doesn't turn out, you all have, mm-hmm. have shared a similar mm-hmm. thing. When it still doesn't turn out the way that you hope or the way that you thought, the waiting is not wasted because no. it gives God glory in that time. Mm-hmm. I think it just honors God to say, wait, I'm going to stop. Yes. I'm not going to jump into anything And you all have done that in your Mm -hmm. dating situations, too. You could both be married. I mean, these are two beautiful women here. And you've had to say, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to jump into the wrong thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That's correct. The situation you went through, I think it's very real because you waited. You did everything that you were... That we could do. You could do. And that it still wasn't what God had. Yeah. And did that stay a long time with you, dealing with it? Uh, Yes, it did. Because I think I had been a Christian maybe five years, six years at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first time that I ever had to experience an intense no from the Lord. Mm -hmm. It had felt like up till then that everything had been relatively easy. You know, I met my husband to be when I was 17, and I didn't have to struggle with the things you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And this was a huge, difficult no from God. And I think that up until that time, I had kind of felt like if I do the right things, then if Mm -hmm. I'm a youth director in a church, Mm -hmm. I'm using my music for the Lord and all this stuff. And I thought, well, things would just keep going like that. And so I had to really wrap my brain around the reality of no And that God is mysterious. It's not like he's a vending machine. Yes. No, I agree. I completely agree. I I think we can get so negative in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a tool of the enemy. I just listened to somebody today, uh, uh, Pastley, on the radio. And he was talking a whole lot about how you need to constantly say out loud the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. Because I can look back and and see this. When we say things so negative about that situation, I think it prolongs it. Mm-hmm. I think it keeps us down and weary. I think it keeps us frustrated and in despair mm-hmm. and in discouragement. When we are constantly negative, God, it's never going to happen. Or God, why are you making me wait so long? Or God, you saw, I prayed, you, you promised this. And so where is this? It's been years and years. And where is it? That's all that negative stuff that honestly makes you tired. It yeah. will weary the saint. So if I could give any hope, as our time seems to be going a little bit faster than oh, I know. wow. I know. So if I could give hope in this segment, it would be to keep our mouths shut. It's almost like when the people went around Jericho and they were told, do not say a word because God knew they were going to complain. Why are we going to walk around here? Look, we have to walk around this place. Hey, well, I'm so bored. And why are we doing this? It's ridiculous that the walls are going to fall. I mean, all the stuff the humans do. Yeah. And he said, Joshua, he told nobody say a word because God wanted that wall to fall and it was going to come out of a shout of praise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here they were, kept their mouths shut, even if they wanted to complain, do exactly what he said one time for seven days on the seventh day, go around seven times and then mm-hmm. shout. And the walls came down. So I'm thinking the walls in our own lives are those negative things that we are saying, if we would keep our mouths shut and thank the Lord or just be quiet and allow him to have his time or thank him and start saying positive things about the situation. Lord, I thank you that you let me wait this long because obviously you have something in store, something Mm -hmm. different than I thought. And we speak that kind of way. Then when we shout the praises 
I'm thinking that that thing, at least the heaviness of the waiting will fall. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. One thing that's been really encouraging to me in this time of waiting is that it's really the waiting has been the thing that has brought my relationship with God closer. The, The thing that I'm waiting for is the thing that keeps me going back to God over and over again with questions and asking what's going on and who are you and what do you really believe about me? I mean, really, life is waiting because we're all waiting for the redemption of our souls and our bodies in heaven. We're all waiting for that. And, you know, even the whole creation is groaning, waiting for redemption. And so it's kind of just the theme of life is waiting. But one thing that was really encouraging to me, too, is that, you know, this whole podcast is about hope. And it actually says in the scriptures that persevering produces hope. And I was going to read that verse for us. It's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And endurance is really the waiting. The waiting. Part yeah, of that yes. formula. And it has produced hope in me and, and a relationship that's deeper with the Lord because of that waiting. Well, just think, if, if we got everything immediately, we'd be so tied to this world. And some of those hardest things are the things that make us long for eternity. I guess it loosens our grip. It does on this world. It, it does, so. and and our culture is such an instant gratification culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are so bad at waiting. We don't wait for our packages; they come within a day now. We don't wait for our food; we just go through the drive-through. We're just not good at waiting. <laughs> yeah. <And> this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, and I think that's probably why it's made it harder mm-hmm. in these years. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're not used to waiting. But it's so tied to faith. That's mm-hmm. why it ends in hope. Because what faith would be required if God were the vending machine that I, apparently I thought he was? Yeah, I have another verse uh, for you there. Vending machine verse? <laughs> wow. Did you Google vending machine scriptures? No, I did not. That's the tiniest print in that Bible I would I've ever never seen be in honest. my life. I know. Sorry. So right. this oh. is Romans eight twenty two through 25. This is the verse I was talking about, the creation groaning. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now, in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Right. Yes. It's that, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. And y'all don't know if you're going to get married or not. No. no. So you're waiting... But you're not necessarily waiting for that particular thing to happen. But you know that one day, whatever human love marriage is, is going to be so dwarfed by the love we're going to all experience in heaven. Right. So that's really what you're waiting for. Exactly. Yeah, that's and really think, what we're all waiting for. I think for. the cool thing yeah. is, too, and even with Heidi and I, it's not like we're sitting around. No. Married, you know, right. we're very busy yeah. in our lives and what we're doing. And so mm-hmm. it's not like you stop. It's not like a hold your breath no, kind of no, waiting no, 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 thing. No. no, it's an active. You're always you just, just keep going. Just keep going and do the next thing that God puts there. Yeah. It's good. All right. 
Well, looks like our time is at an end. It seems like we just got started. Wait, that's Carol Burnett's song. Oh, I love yeah. that song. All right. I'm okay. So glad but- we had this time together. <laughs> and next- I can't participate in your sing along because um, I'm not going to say why. Because you're not as old as we are, right? <laughs> just say it. Come back next week and we're going to talk more about waiting. You're just going to have to wait one more week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.